It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. It is not Johnny, unfortunately, for the biggest fans of Spears on Sports. I'm filling in again. I was here on Wednesday. Uh, Tony Burke was yesterday. I didn't get to listen yesterday. I was. Oh, you missed out. I, I did. I meant to go back to the podcast as well, but was unable to do so. But I'm back. Another hour. If you listen to Kentucky Roll Call this morning, thank you. We'll try to. We we may have to touch on just a couple things that we got into this morning, but we'll try to make it fresh for people that are listening. I know Spears has an audience, Scooch, that isn't predominant. You know, all Cats fans. I know that he has some UK fans that listen to his show. We can talk NFL playoffs. It's a huge weekend for college basketball as well. Louisville. Back-to-back wins? Could be them. Maybe. You never know. Let's not get crazy. It's not impossible, but remember to text into the Thornton's text line if you have anything to say, 502-414-1450. And if you're a phone call kind of person, Scoots, I guess we'll go ahead and open up the M&M Carnage Hotline. M&M. I could go for an M&M. <laughs> yeah, it's open. Give us a call. We'll take them. I did pronounce that correctly, right? M&M Carnage. M&M Carnage. I think it's a T. Cartage. Cartage. Yeah. Like not pure carnage. Right. Yeah, they don't want that. Yeah, that would <laughs> send it off a different vibe there. Okay, very well. So if you want to call in 502-384-1450. If you want to text in 502-414-1450. So we try to make it easy on you with the last four digits being 1450. If you're out driving around, be safe. Or if you have to drive around, be safe. I've had to drive around this morning into the afternoon, and it is ugly out there. The weather's bad, but like visibility on the roads isn't great either just because it's cold and the way the rain's kind of coming in. So just don't be out there if you don't have to. The roads were a nightmare, Scoots, as you would probably imagine. Well, and it's going to get windy later today, too. It's supposed to get winds over 50 mile an hour. Yeah, the weather for like the next week is just going to be god-awful. Yeah. yeah, really, really bad. I miss the mild winters that we had had. No longer, unfortunately, but that's all right. We've got college basketball and NFL football to, to keep us warm through this weekend. I know you're busy working this weekend, but do you have anything fun to look forward to? Do you have anything on the schedule that's like getting with the boys, getting to see some family, anything like that? Not particularly. So my niece turned two yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. They are doing a birthday party for her tonight, even though my family knows that Friday nights are the absolute worst for me in, in sports season. So... They'll be doing all that. I unfortunately won't get to attend that. Might go to my my nephew has a basketball game tomorrow. So I might be able to squeeze that in before I have to head to Midway and call doubleheader tomorrow. So yeah, that's that's really all I have to look forward to. That and the NFL playoffs, I guess. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, okay. Well, NFL playoffs will be good. And hopefully by the time you get back, you'll be able to dial in for that Saturday night football game, Chiefs Dolphins. Which one, and you may say Steelers because you're a Steelers fan, it probably should be Steelers even though they're the biggest dogs this weekend. My team, the second biggest dogs this weekend, Green Bay going on the road to Dallas, that Buffalo-Pittsburgh numbers 10, and then the Green Bay-Dallas numbers 7.5, and, and both those have stood firm. I don't mm-hmm. think there's been any movement on either one of those lines. 
But let's let's take your favorite team out of it. Let's take my favorite team out of it. Which game are you most excited to watch this weekend? Super Wild Card weekend. I mean, we can leave my team in it, and they're still not going to be the answer. So yeah, and that's like again, you you you're right to not think that your team's going to win. I also don't think my team is going to win, but I still can't wait to watch the Packers play on Sunday. That's going to be awesome. It's Green Bay, Dallas. You know, it's yeah. it's it, when you think of NFL playoffs, those two teams usually come to mind. Yeah, two of the legends, no doubt about it. For me, it's got to be the Saturday night game. I'm actually really glad that that is the Saturday night game because that's the one I'll be able to watch in, in full and, and pay attention to it. But that Miami-Kansas City, in theory, should be a heck of a lot of fun, right? You would think it's just what's the weather going to do. But I always enjoy watching weird weather football games. Yeah. And I do think – Probably not in our lifetime, Scooch, but it's not crazy to think that in our kids' lifetimes, or maybe their kids' lifetimes, there won't be any more outdoor NFL stadiums. Or maybe it'll really? be like maybe it'll be like Lambeau Field. Yeah, because what you're what you're what you're see, seeing happening in Nashville is just the common sense approach. You can make nice stadiums, and they can be outdoors, and they can be beautiful, and you get a lot of that. But if you're an NFL team in a major city and there's very few that aren't in major cities and you're going to have to build a new stadium which teams will do every 30 to 50 years usually don't you want to have a chance at final fours if every every so often don't you want a chance if the world cup comes back to the united states someday that you could be like nashville is going to theoretically get to host some crazy things don't Mm -hmm. you want to host potentially a super bowl when you want to throw your name in a hat for a Super Bowl, and they did do the one cold Super Bowl in New Jersey, New York, New Jersey, and I liked it. I was all right with it. I think they have to do one Super Bowl at Lambeau, but the only issue is there's just not nearly, nearly enough hotels to be able to accommodate in in Green Bay, but that would be the sights, the scenes, the sounds. That would be really, really cool if they ever did that, but I think someday, you're, and also think about the games and Late August and early September, it's hot as the Dickens out mm-hmm. there. So a lot of you may want to climate control there when you can. So I do think someday you're going to see outdoor football games phased out at the highest professional level. Do you think they will eventually rebuild Lambeau too and and go that approach? That one will be like the the I think the last stand because they're the they're the historic one. Yeah, and they've put so much money into renovations there and upgrades that they're they wouldn't do. I think Lambeau may be like. That may be the Fenway of professional sports where it's just always going to exist in its current capacity, just be upgraded and added to and all those things. But no, I, I don't think Green Bay will ever switch. But you look at the Vikings, they're indoors. The Lions are indoors. It's not crazy to think that the Bears could potentially go indoors. Well, as they're well. going to build a new stadium soon, right? Yeah, they are. And it they're feuding like with the city. Maybe going to be a little outside of the city, but. Wouldn't Final Fours in Chicago be pretty cool if they mm-hmm. had a football dome-like stadium? Well, especially if they're outside of the city. You don't have to worry about all the traffic and people. And- That's the thing. In a perfect world, if I'm going to a Final Four in Chicago, I'd like it to probably be in the city. Mm, no, but not, not me. There's not. I don't know if there's room to build that in the city. But anyways, what a weird start to <laughs> what a weird start to the the Spears on Sports show today. We can talk NFL playoffs. Uh, I don't know if we've even answered the question yet of what game we're most excited about. I answered it. Chiefs, Chiefs, Dolphins. Yeah, okay, gotcha. From the weather aspect, yeah. I think Ryan, uh, Lions, Rams, the one in Detroit, the most expensive ticket of Super Wild Card Weekend. We mentioned this on Kentucky Roll Call this morning, but the other games you can get in to Arrowhead Stadium 
for $53. 81 in Houston. 103 in Buffalo. 77 in Dallas, which is a little lower than I thought, but that wow. stadium's huge. Yeah, you know, it's over 100,000 people. If you want to go to the Monday night game in Tampa Bay, 103. Wow. You know, that's one's a little bit more expensive than, than some people thought. Rams Lions, 372 just to get in the door. This game means a little something to Detroit. Well, and that's went down. Earlier in the week, it was 600 plus to get in for that game. So, must not have sold too many of those tickets. So, I think it's that one. And you get the Stafford coming back to Detroit angle and all this game means for Detroit. So, I think I'm excited for that one. I just don't know about the quality of football in that game that we're going to see. Don't you think it probably should be high scoring, one one would think? I, I Yeah, maybe. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was low scoring either. I, I think I would. I think I'd be a little surprised. I, if I just, yeah, I don't. I just don't know what to expect out of that game. That game, and then the Tampa Bay Philly game. I have no idea what to expect out of that one either. Those are the two games this weekend where I'm like, I don't really know what to expect. I think you could make a case for Brown Texans. I'm not really sure that yeah, one stuff. That's true. That's Dolphins one, Chiefs. Yeah. I think this morning. I, I think Roush and I were on the the Dolphins. You were on the Chiefs. Oh yeah. And then I, I don't know. Or. I may be clo- too close to the situation, but how do outside folks look at Packers Cowboys? Yeah, has everybody just assumed? Cow- I'm asking. What, I th- I, I, everybody just assumed the Cowboys are going to win. I would think so. With as dominant as Dallas has been at home all season, I, I would think that'd be the mindset. Yeah, I, and I think most people are probably on on board with that. But it, it gets started tomorrow at 4:30. That Browns Texan game had Saturday Wildcard Weekend written all <laughs> over it for that 4:30 slate. Scooch, I wanted to ask you this this morning, but we were running out of time on Kentucky roll call. Uh-huh. What what can you tell me about the? Oh, we've got some breaking news from on three. Oh, Florida State head coach Mike Norvell. Everybody's wondering, is it going to be that he accepted the Alabama job, that he's staying in Tallahassee? <laughs> he's staying in Tallahassee, hmm. a.k.a. Washington's coach is going to be the next head coach at the University of Alabama. You think Kalen DeBoer gets that job? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Maybe announced while we're on the air. Who knows? Huh. Not impossible. I haven't heard anything about Kalen DeBoer. That's interesting. And local Louisvillian played at St. X. Aaron Knotts, he's the chief of staff at Washington. Would he go with DeBoer to Tuscaloosa? That could be a huge, huge upgrade for him potentially. But uh, we'll we'll see. I think I don't know if Mike Norvell. I mean, obviously Mike Norvell announcing he's staying at Tallahassee. No chance in France he'd turn down the Alabama job. So this was his way of Alabama saying like, we're not hiring you. Yeah, you're not going to be the Seems guy. Like it. Which I actually think he would have been a decent hire for Alabama. I think he'd get, obviously, it's Alabama. You should always be able to get the best of the best players in there. I think he would be able to do that. But I think the good thing about Norvell would be you never really want to be the guy to follow a legend. He's kind of steady enough where you think it would work. But if it didn't, nobody would feel bad just cutting him loose after like two years and then going out and and, and doing what you needed to do. So I, I think he would have worked, but had not had he not worked, it would have been easy to just move on from him because – like Lane Kiffin, I don't. You, you may feel obligated to give him more time if after the first couple of years it wasn't working because it's Lane Kiffin and he's a big personality and you don't really want to rock the boat too much by making coaching staff changes where the coach may put you on blast. Um, I'm sure Alabama's not overly concerned about that. But he's announcing he's going to stay at Tallahassee. I think this likely means Washington's coach, Kalen DeBoer, 
should be Alabama's next head Man, coach. You, I still am shocked they didn't get Lane Kiffin, but whatever. You've put my brain in a pretzel here because the one name that I would like to see and really have been leaning on heavily the last couple of days would be Steve Sarkeesian, but I, I think Kalen DeBoer could do just as good a job too. That, I, that'd be a good hire. Yeah, I heard you mention Sarkeesian on Rutherford yesterday, and I, I was I don't think he would leave. Texas is going to the SEC. He's already established at Texas. He's got some goodwill built up at Texas because he's gone to the college football playoff. He's not like some of the other coaches where it seems like at Texas, that hot seat can get hot real fast. Mm-hmm. And it gets warm in Texas, so that may check out there. But he he's not going to be on the hot seat, at least for several seasons, unless things went totally south. Ewers announced that he's going to be back, yeah. which is you may That's have the best quarterback again. Yep. And it's not like Alabama can – completely and totally outpay Texas it it may be that Texas could outpay Alabama I think that you can make a good case Nick Saban was linked briefly to the or to the Texas job what back in like 13 14 15 somewhere like that where it was just going to be an ungodly amount of oil money thrown his way and of course that didn't happen but I'm not so sure it could happen on the other side. Where Al- I don't think Texas could take Alabama's head coach, and I don't think Alabama could take Texas's head coach. I think they're a little too solidified in those bubbles there, and there's just way too much money. So I don't think he would even be an option, to be quite frank. Yeah, and, and maybe he's not. Maybe he doesn't even have interest. But I, I would leave Texas to go to Alabama if I was him. I mean, Alabama's the best coaching job in the country. Because of Nick Saban, though. It wasn't that before yeah, Nick Saban. I guess you're right, yeah. And it's, you know, Texas can be just as good as a job. There's more talent in Texas than there is in Alabama. You're recruiting nationally at both places, but sure. it never hurts to be able to say, like, hey, mom, dad, cousins, brother, sister, they only have to drive two hours, three hours. Where Alabama, they, they do recruit more nationally than Texas. Texas does as well, make no mistake about it, but they're going to want to get the best out of the best in their home state when they can. Mm-hmm. So... It'll be interesting. There will be a domino effect, but I will say if they go and they take Washington's coach, I don't think it'll be a domino effect that will impact Kentucky all that much. Washington will go have to make a hire. Will they want somebody that's more familiar with the West Coast? You would think probably so. But maybe if Washington went and plucked, I don't I don't know. You know who's also was mentioned briefly with the Alabama job? Who's that? Eli Drinkowitz, oh, Missouri's head coach. What a clown. No shot. Would you rather have Eli Drinkowitz or Mark Stoops if you were Alabama? In some weird scenario, you're only down to these two people. That's tough. That's real tough. Um, I would say Mark Stoops, just because what he's done in Kentucky seems like back back then when he got the job a little more far-fetched than what Drinkowitz has done at, at Missouri. Yeah, I think I'd go Stoops too, and I know this year was a little bit of an exception, but you would know that, like, hey, this is a great defensive mind. We'll make sure we get a good offensive coordinator to balance him out. We have a ton of money. We can get a great offensive coordinator with Stoops. We know in the SEC if we have a dominant defense, that's going to give us a chance. If we can win in the trenches, that's going to give us a chance. So I think I would lean Stoops just because he is a little bit more of a proven thing. It's a good question, Although, though. this past – year for Drinkowitz was better than any year Stoops has had so it is it's uh neither one is going to be the coach at Alabama but one was mentioned although A&M's one of the best jobs in the country and Stoops was briefly mentioned there before their fans thought better of it their boosters thought better (laughs) of it Uh, who's to say but 
I do think by the time we go on roll call on Monday morning, Scoots, Alabama will have a head coach. I'd be pretty shocked if they didn't. Don't mm-hmm. you agree with that? Yeah, no, I, I do agree. Okay. All right. 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. A texter says, Scoots, you have that robotic vibration going on in the air. I don't know what that means. I'm giving off good robotic vibrations. <laughs> it's going over the air citations. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I'm not hearing it in my ears. So, You know, I think it's probably what you asked me about not too long ago when you were listening to one of the programmings, how you just somehow get like a like a in the middle of a statement or something. That's probably what it is, I, I assume. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> probably all the rain. I mean, we've gotten like 16 inches of rain this week. You're just going to blame the rain on the static in the radio. Absolutely. Why not? Why not? I don't have anything else. I do want to get to something that you tweeted about and make sure everybody's following Justin Kalen on Twitter, if you're not already, at Justin Kalen PXP. I won't tell you what that stands for, but make sure you're following along with him there. But you tweeted out, I see stuff on The Athletic I'd like to read from time to time, but it's never worth paying for. This Emmy situation may have just changed that for me. What a wild situation, and I just have to know more. Well, do you know more? I do know more, yes. Okay. I I read the article last night. I am no more flabbergasted than I was when I first saw the story. What a wild situation. And I, I have more questions than I do thoughts regarding this whole thing. So if you missed it, ESPN basically used fake names for their college game day talent so they could win Emmy Awards because each show can only win, what is it, one award is all that a, each show can win. So they basically created all these fake names for all their on-air talent, and those people won Emmy Awards. And then ESPN would get those awards, re-engrave them with their actual names, and then gave them to the talent. And the talent didn't think anything about, about it. But here's my question. Is it not weird that the talent that received these trophies, that it never crossed their mind, that it it was strange they never got invited to the Emmys? Or well, they never heard that they were up for this award? Well, the Emmys, you know, it's kind of like a regional thing and then like the biggest of the biggest. But so like they probably didn't care to go to like the regional award ceremony for their Emmys. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Though. And they do have one and it's supposedly like a nice to do, but it's still just like, you know, it'll be at like the, the holiday inn down the road. You can dress up if you want. You can come if you want. Don't feel like uh, don't feel like you're obligated to do such. So that's a good question though, and that that's just a theory on that aspect of it. But yeah, no, it, that's a wild story, and that's why I never really give a fart about those awards. It's just people giving awards to themselves and patting themselves on the back. Mm-hmm. And as long as you play the game and you subscribe to like their newsletters and their organizations and associations and you pay your dues and you pay your fees and you put in the time and you put in the work to give a little portfolio to them, they'll say, okay, this portfolio looks good. Here's your award. You're great. My, my thing is, though, is sure the rule might be stupid. ESPN might have thought the rule was stupid that only one they could only win one award per show, but – the egos of the talent is why they did this. Like yeah. that's the one thing that really doesn't make sense to me. To give them these awards to keep them happy and feed their egos, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Those people are working for ESPN. Wouldn't you think they're already pretty happy? That's a good point. And you could make another case that, like, hey, ESPN, when you work for us, we're really going to go to bat for you, even to the point of fraud potentially. 
But no, it's a. I'm glad you filled me in a little bit. I just read kind of the headlines and the nuts and bolts of it. But I'm, that's that's. Are they going to get in trouble for it? Or well, no. So they had to return the Emmys, and that's the thing. I want to. I want to see these Emmys. I want to see the returned Emmys. I, I just want to see the engraving job. How'd they take the other name off and put the actual name on there? And it's just so so many layers to this story. What did what did the talent say when they found all this out? What are their thoughts on it all? I need like another part to this story because it's so fascinating to me. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. ESPN has no competition, TJ. They are. I mean, they have competition they now. Do have competition. Nowadays, they do have competition. But I mean, they're, they're competing against like local news stations. But they're still like at that. the top of the mountain. They always have been. They likely always will be in terms of sports coverage. So I just, I don't, I don't understand their need to do this. It's it's interesting. It is. Text on in 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We're going to take our first break. Spears on sports. I'm TJ Walker. Justin Kalen here filling in for John Spears as he is coming back from Central Arkansas, I hope. Well, uh, tomorrow. T- uh, wait, what are they doing today? Uh, they got another game tomorrow. Oh, I okay. Think. Yeah. And then they'll come back yeah. after that. Gotcha. Correct. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. Spears on Sports. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen on your Friday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to the Big X. I am a co-host of Kentucky Roll Call from 7 to 9. And a lot of late, a lot of great local programming going late into the day with Mike Rutherford from 3 to 6. And of course, Spears on Sports will be back on Monday, hopefully, right? Yeah, that's the plan. Should be here all of next week. So I'll be interested to hear his stories from the road. Oh, I'm sure he's got some good ones. He's got plenty of them, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So we'll, uh, Bella, it's been a rough road trip for the Knights, however. It they has, yeah. were smacked around last night. They had a lead at the half, get outscored by 20 in the second half, and lose by 16. So not what they were, were looking for. Spears is a jinx. Could be. Could be. I haven't – it's been a couple games since I actually heard him on the call. Usually it's when I'm driving around and I'm like, oh, there's Spears, and I'll listen in for a while. But it's been a bit. Maybe I'm the jinx. Maybe. This is not a, a great Bellerman season, unfortunately. They're always going to play a really tough out-of-conference schedule, so they're going to pile up losses. But normally when it comes conference play, that's where you start to see the winning streaks come, and, and not this season, unfortunately. You, you heard it. Injuries and whatnot. You heard it here first. They win tomorrow at Central Arkansas. Oh, Central Arkansas, 5-11, and 1-1 in A-Sun play. Bellarmine gets it done. The scoot's guarantee. Yep. I love it. Means bet on Central Arkansas. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, the sound is glitching only on the AM. The FM is clear. Yeah, AM has more issues when it rains. <laughs> <laughs> if you all are the Atlanta Falcons, do you go after Belichick knowing he probably only wants a couple years' work? If you yes, yeah, you would, but why would Belichick want to go to the Falcons? Yeah, that's that would be the issue. I would think he wants to go somewhere where the roster's set up a little bit better to win ASAP. Like the Chargers. Chargers, yeah. Chargers possibly. Would be a great spot for Belichick. If Green Bay were to lose this weekend and they wanted to move on from a different direction from LaFleur, I wouldn't By the way, Jared Mayo, head that. coach for the Patriots, did that surprise you at all? Uh, it seemed like the uh, Vrabel was getting all the love for that job. Head coaching NFL decisions never make sense to me, or I never can – like, I, I guess maybe I don't follow it enough is probably the better way to, to phrase it. But no, yes, maybe. I, I I have no clue if that was a surprise or not. 
Mitt he's been, he's been with New England for a, a – he was a player there. And then where was he? Where's he coming from? Jared Mayo? Yeah. I have no idea. He was he was the linebacker's coach. So oh. it's a little bit of a surprise, but you got to give somebody a chance. And, again, it follows the – if you're following a legend sort of deal. I don't think the – if the Patriots are – if his record with New England is like 5-27 and 27 after two years, they're not going to have any issues moving on from him. Sure. So – you don't sometimes you don't always want a huge personality following a so legend. So they kept it in house. They did. Hmm. Yeah, he had been the linebackers coach for four years. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now he'll be the head coach. He'll get his chance, and interested to see how he does. It's just such a terrible roster, though. It is. Yeah, not a lot to work with. I guess we'll have to try to get a quarterback either in the draft or free agency. But it, you can kind of just shrug your shoulders and. I don't even know what draft pick they have. It's going to be low. Or, I mean, high. That's, it'll be a high pick. Probably top five. In which case, I guess if you if you want to go quarterback, you could potentially there. Not a great slate of college basketball tomorrow, unfortunately, Scoots. No? You got your Hoosiers tonight. Mm-hmm. You feeling good about it? I, I said that they were going to cover. I'm feeling okay about it. I, I'm still kind of at the point where I don't, I don't really know what to expect out of this game just because they have not been playing very well. Ever since Xavier Johnson came back, Indiana has not looked very good. Indiana, four-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against Minnesota. Minnesota's 12-3, and 3-1 and one in the Big Ten. They're having a better start to their season than most people anticipated. And then Nebraska and, uh, and Iowa tonight, the nightcap in the Big Ten. I kind of like the Friday night basketball. I don't know if it were UK if I would love it. I'd have to put myself in those shoes, I guess. I don't do anything else on Friday nights anyway. So If I had free Friday nights, I would absolutely love them, but I just – Never have free Friday nights. I I do, so I don't I don't really mind them. And then only one ranked matchup between top twenty five teams tomorrow, which is always makes for kind of a crummy Saturday. Doesn't mean there can't be exciting finishes. Doesn't mean there can't be upsets. If this week in college basketball has taught us or told us anything, it's probably Ooh. to expect a lot of upsets tomorrow. Uh, but only one ranked team, or only one game between two ranked teams, and that is Oklahoma traveling to Kansas. So. Congrats on your win, Kansas. I'm sure the officials will hand it to you again, worst-case scenario. But Kentucky goes on the road to Texas A&M, an A&M team that's looking for their first conference win. That would be bad for them if they're 0-3 to start. And then Louisville looking for back-to-back wins. They host an NC State team that I don't think it's impossible. You could see uh, Louisville get back-to-back wins potentially. Yeah, I just don't see that. I mean, NC State's played really well this season. They didn't look all that great the other night against North Carolina, but yeah, I mean, there's what's the uptick in the crowd? That's what I'm wondering about at the Yum Center with with if, Louisville coming off a tough road win. Do they get more fans for this game? Because they this should be the aside from the Kentucky game when it was mainly Kentucky fans. This should be the highest attended game of the season for Louisville. I would imagine. We are not U of L fans. Scoots isn't. I am not. We are part of a UK radio show. Scoots is a Hoosier fan, but secretly deep down in his plums, he bleeds blue. <laughs> he may not know it yet, but he does. So we're not really the people to talk to from a U of L standpoint. But that being said, don't you feel like if you were a U of L fan, you'd want to show the players like, "Hey, you want a game? Here's your reward. I'm going to yeah, show up." Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's uh, everybody should be feeling that way. Just go. Go thank them for getting a win. First first road win in what, 22 tries? I mean, you gotta you gotta reward them for that. 
I would think so too. And it's noon. You could still have your whole Saturday ahead of you. It's not hard to get down to the Yum Center these days. <laughs> I would think that you should have an impressive crowd. It, it, a lot of times, and this is too far gone for UofL basketball, so I'm not trying to lump this into this situation. But sometimes, and you'll hear coaches say this, and I think Kenny Payne maybe himself even said this, it's chicken or the egg. Hey, we can't start winning until we start getting fans at the game. We'll start winning and we'll show up to the game. Well, UL goes on the road and they beat a team shockingly. I mean, I cannot believe they won down in Miami in the fashion of which they did, where they kind of just looked like the better team for 40 minutes. Miami had chances, and it wouldn't have been a shocker if Miami pulled away. They got down five, they tied it up. They got down five, they tied it up. They had a three to take a three-point lead, and it did not go in. I think if it had gone in, UL goes down three, they may start panicking a little bit. Yep freaking out, and maybe Miami wins that game. But besides that little moment, UofL looked like the better team. They were the ones that were in charge most of that game. That is so wild to me. If they can do it on the road at Miami, and I know that Miami team doesn't play really a lick of defense, why why can't they do it at home? Against an NC State team that, you're right, they've had an all right season, but they're not world beaters. UofL, if they played well enough, could make that game interesting. So that'll be interesting. And Scoots, the real storyline, though, UofL fans, they've been through a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. They they don't want to keep losing, but they also don't want this to get interesting, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, and we're – I don't think we're anywhere close to that point, but if Louisville does – I mean, here's the thing about it, TJ. We're, I'm at the point now where – if they do win that game against NC State on, on tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised. And you asked me a week ago, I would be shocked if Louisville beat that NC State team. But due to what they did down in Miami, there is that belief now that they can win that game tomorrow. And that, that to me, is crazy. Well, here's your UK friend, TJ Walker, UofL fans, to tell you, fear not. Even if you beat NC State to get to 2-3 and three in conference, I know some UofL fans, Scoots, would be like, uh-oh. Oh boy, if they get to 500 in conference and they are kind of hovering around 500 throughout the year, maybe Josh Hurd won't feel obligated to have to let Kenny Payne go. In a 500 ACC year, that'd be after a four-win season the year before, that would be showing progress, all things considered. Yeah. But allow me to tell you that not to worry about it. Even if UofL beats NC State, their schedule after that, Scoots, at, U- at UNC, that's a loss. At Wake Forest, Wake Forest, I don't think is world beaters, like I said about NC State, but that's on the road. They'll take care of business. They're a much more disciplined team than Miami was. Duke at home, Duke will beat them at the Yum Center, and it'll be a ton of Duke fans. And while I really enjoyed all the blue during the UK game at the Yum Center, the Duke blue, that'll just be gross. I won't I won't <laughs> love that. Virginia comes to town, Virginia will win that game. Then Louisville has to go on the road to Clemson, Clemson will win that game. Then U of L will get Florida State at home on February third, and maybe the cards will end at that point, which would be at least a five-game losing streak, maybe six if they don't beat NC State. So I know there's some Louisville fans that are like, "Hey, you know what? It felt good to win again. That's nice, but let's not, you know, let's not get too crazy in the sense that Kenny Payne could come back. You don't have to worry about I don't, that. He'll I don't, be gone after this season, and U of L will have a new coach and maybe Chris Beard. I don't even know if. If Kenny Payne won out, that they would keep him because Josh Hurd's heard the outside noise. He's that's all everybody's talked about all season is coaching search. I mean, we're in the middle of a basketball season, and Louisville's talking about who's their next coach going to be. So, I mean, 
Josh Hurd's here and all that. He knows the fan, I, I fans aren't happy. He knows what the fans are thinking about Kenny Payne. So did I think regardless how the season plays out, Kenny's gone. Did you see Trilly Donovan got people in a frenzy? With those the four coaches he Yeah, posted? he tweeted out yeah. a picture. No kind if you don't know if you're like Trilly Donovan, what the hell is this guy talking about? He's a an anonymous insider in college basketball on Twitter. And he's got he's got great info. No, nobody really knows who he is. I'm sure some people know who he is. I don't know who he is. And every so often he'll post scoop and it seems like he hits at about like a 90 95 percent rate he's been all over this L situation really for the for this entire season and he tweeted out the other day four pictures it was chris beard eric musselman jerome tang and who was the fourth mick cronin mick, cronin. mick is the pick <laughs> and some L fans were like oh so this means these are the four candidates I think more so what Trilly Donovan was trying to say, Scoots, was these four coaches are going to be on the move after this year. And it may be a domino effect with all of them to a certain degree. Mm. Maybe you get Musselman going to UCLA. Maybe you get Beard taken over at our – you know, I don't really know what, how he thinks those dominoes are going to unfold. But a lot of people are assuming that one of those coaches is going to be at UofL. Which one of the four do you think? Let's put our put our early feeler out there. So I feel pretty good about my guess on this. Okay, same. I do as well. Do we do Step Brothers and announce at the same time? Let's do it. Three, two, two one. Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> Who'd you say? I said Muscleman. No, I w- I don't think it's Muscleman. I think it'll be Jerome Tang. Hmm. I don't know. Muscleman's had interest in the job before. I feel like Louisville's had interest in him at times in the past. I, I, honestly, though, I wouldn't be surprised with any of the four. Who's the who is the one that Louisville fans would be le- least happy with? Oh my gosh, Mick Cronin, yeah. and rightfully so. Absolutely, it, whoever that Goober U of L fan account is that it keeps tweeting out Mick is the pick. They were down by fifty points last night. Five zero five zero. Everybody remembers that 2014-2015 UK CBS Sports Classic beatdown of UCLA, where I think the scoreboard was like twenty-seven to two. UK and I think UCLA missed their first 17 shots. That game was an all-timer for UK basketball. A lot of fun in that one. That doesn't even hold a candle to what, who was it, Utah last night? Yeah. What Utah did to them. They were down by 50 points in a D1 basketball game, and they have more national championships than anybody else in the world. That is embarrassing for UCLA. And I think if I were UCLA brass... I would probably be like Mick. You can have a bad year. You you've you've been successful here. You've did they go to the national championship game or was it the final four? They lost in the final four, Correct, right? Yeah. Um, like you you've done some you've done some good things. We'll let you have a pass for this one season, but next year can't even like resemble this in the slightest. However, Scoot supposedly Cronin already wants out. Like people are are use this term nowadays in the year twenty twenty four, quiet quitting. Hmm. Where you just you don't necessarily quit, but your performance is so bad that it's pretty clear that you've checked out to the point that like a boss is like, "Hey, is everything okay? You know what? It's funny you mention that. I'm just really not into this anymore." <laughs> Quiet quitting. Roush has been doing it on KRC for about a year and a half now. <laughs> I've been doing it in my hotel job for about a year and a half now. <laughs> so. Some people think he's doing that, and boy, when you get down 50 points in a basketball game, hard to argue that.
But they went to the Sweet 16 2021, 2022, 2023 under Mick Cronin. I think you could give him one year, but it seems like he wants out. So definitely not at UofL. UofL won't hire him anyways. There's, I don't think there's any concern there. But Jerome Tang is leaving Kansas State after this year. Definitively leaving Kansas State after this year. And I think UofL would try to hire him. Would you have rather been Mick Cronin last night or whoever the bum is that coaches the Portland Trailblazers? Oh, gosh. Yeah, the Trailblazers lost by a ton. I'd rather be that because it's an NBA game, you know, whatever. Oh, it's Chauncey Billups, actually, is their coach. I love Chauncey Billups. Yeah. That Pistons team was one of my favorite teams of all time. I loved that Pistons team yeah. with uh, Tayshawn Prince and beating the Lakers and Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace. Oh, Ben Rip Wallace Han- was I can the name their whole starting lineup. Yeah. Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, <laughs> Tayshawn Prince, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace. That team was fun. It was fun. And, like, you can just not play that style of basketball anymore in the NBA. Like, far you would – there's no place for Ben Wallace in today's NBA, unfortunately. <laughs> I loved Ben Wallace. Same. I mean, maybe, but like he's definitely not having the role or the impact that he had back then. He was like one of the first big men that wore a single-digit number. That's why I liked him. If I were UofL, I'd hire Fred Hoiberg. No UofL fans saying that. Nobody's talking about that. That would be an adult. He'd do a great job at UofL. Rutherford and, said his name like yesterday. Well, I guess for his little game, his yeah. little gimmicky game. But he liked it. it Fred Hoiberg would be a great, great hire, and I think one that you could definitely get. I think they'll go Jerome Tang, and Jerome Tang will be great for this rivalry, by the way. And he'll bring in players to Louisville. I, I, he'll do great. I think Jerome Tang would do a really good job at UofL. I just do think there's a downside of, like, is he proven enough? Has he done enough? What if this is just he got the right players? Norvell was – or Noel, excuse me. I got Norvell on the brain. Noel was just on fire in March, and that carried a lot of weight for him last year. You got to remember, like, Billy Gillespie rode a hot, who was it, AC Law to that March Madness run that he had at A&M. And, well, when he didn't have good players, he wasn't always – it just he caught lightning in a bottle, and that was pretty much it for Billy Gillespie. I don't think that's the case with Jerome Tang, but I do think that's at least on the table. And if you're U of L, you cannot mess up this hire. Like, you just can't have another bad season in your next two or three seasons. You just can't do it. And I think there is more of a chance with that with Tang than a Fred Hoiberg. Chris Beard would do an amazing job. The only issue with Chris Beard is, well, his issues. Mm-hmm. And maybe UofL says, we don't care about that. But guess what? What if he came to UofL and something came up? Something happened. The pressure got to him. Because the pressure got to him at Texas. That would, that again, something you also can't afford. That being said, Chris Beard would do an amazing job. I think he scares me at UofL more than any other coach does. I'd probably, and I'm talking about like realistic candidates. I would love for Musselman to go to U of L. Please make that happen. I would love to just keep beating down that dude, and he'd rile up the U of L fan base, and they'd like him taking his shirt off and doing all that, and that would also make the rivalry really good. But he wouldn't scare me at U of L in the slightest. This Bring the, him on. This is the part of my day where I count my blessings that I'm not a Louisville fan. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take our last break. Spears on sports Friday, heading to the weekend. After this, on Big X Sports Radio, almost said Kentucky roll. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, TJ Walker, Justin Kalen. One final segment before your weekend. It's rainy, it's gross, it's nasty outside. Don't don't be outside unless you have to. 
And then the 55, 60 mile per hour wind scooch coming around like 6 p.m. tonight. Man, I can't wait to see my backyard when I get home. It's going to be a lake. You, 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 water piles up back there? Well, it, so it comes off the, or out of the gutters and it collects like right where you would go into my backyard. And then we just have a raging river start coming out of the backyard. It'll go down the driveway. It's, it's going to be wacky. Maybe some buzzards will be there to entertain you. <laughs> maybe the gophers will be up to something. Maybe they'll Ground do a little hogs. song and dance. Groundhogs, yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll do a little song and dance. Mary Poppins-esque for you. They're probably flooded out. That's a good point. That's a good point. Breaking news for UofL football. Quincy Riley announces he's coming back for another season for UofL. So that secondary has been shored up a bit for the cars. That That is... Big news yeah. for U of L, and I still like UK's roster and depth better than U of L's next year. But it should be another competitive Governor's Cup. the The days of the Satterfield beatdowns, unfortunately for us in blue, are long gone. But I still think Kentucky should probably take care of business at home in Lexington and Little Howard. Our trophy between the UK and the U of L shows here at Big X should remain in blue, hopefully. But that's big news for U of L. He was seemingly totally on the fence. Uh, I think some U of L folks thought he was going to leave, and Rutherford will have more news on him on the Big X from three to six today. Scoots, you'll be no, you no. you won't be doing. I will show. not be. It's, yeah. He's got Rashawn Myers today. Oh, Rashawn, he's yeah. a, he's controversial. He is controversial. Yeah. No, I like Rashawn. I do. That's too. good. Yeah. So fun, fun stuff there. But they'll have more on this. That is big U of L football news. Let's talk about the local teams and their games. We've talked to, honestly more U of L and NC State than we have the Cats and A and M. But I would show you to the Kentucky Roll Call podcast where we did talk a lot of Cats and Aggies this morning, but we'll get into it here to finish the show today. 502-414-1450 is the text line. Scoots, I picked A&M to upset UK tomorrow, although I don't know if we have an official line yet, but that should be coming out pretty soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's what's the reasoning? I just think the Cats are due for a loss. Have you seen college basketball this week? Yeah, but have you seen Texas A&M this season? I do agree that like Texas A&M is actually should be considered a pretty nice matchup for Kentucky. They don't shoot the ball from outside very well. They they're, they're just not a good offensive team at all. They're not a team that likes to have a lot of possessions. They want to limit and squeeze possessions, and that's just not the way that that Kentucky operates. Kentucky's going to get up and down the floor and have a ton of possessions. So it it is a style and it is a it is a setup where UK should not only win, but maybe if they're hitting their shots, scoots, win comfortably. Mm-hmm. But this is a de- like this A and M is going to give everything they've got in this game. I don't want to say this is a do or die game, a must win for A and M, but to a certain capacity, if they're zero and three in the SEC, then you really need to get hot, and you're going to have to steal some games down the road. And you already had a chance against both Auburn on the road, which that game was competitive. Mm-hmm. They played well in that game. And then also you would have uh, – you you blew your home chance against Kentucky. Another missed opportunity there. So they're going to give UK their absolute best shot. They're an experienced team. They have some players that have given Kentucky some issues in the past. But I, Kentucky's better. I'm, I don't want to make any – like I don't want – I'm not trying to to suggest anything otherwise. But I just think that they, they come up a bit short, maybe miss some shots late. I don't know. If a dude the arrow plays, I'm switching my – I will not pick UK to lose. Yeah, he's he's big. If he plays, then I will feel good about the game. But and I'm he, going under the assumption that you will not have a dude the arrow tomorrow, 
And I, I do. I think that Kentucky just slips up. I, it's not going to change my big season outlook or anything like that. But I, I, I think they, I think they get got, unfortunately. And I really hope that we're doing Monday's Kentucky roll call, and I can eat some crow and say that I was wrong. And if a dude the arrow comes and he plays, I'm going to tweet something out. Has there been any update on that front? Not that I've heard. Not that I've heard. And I wonder if the when the team traveled even down to A and M. But again, I, I go into hearing the pregame show going into that Missouri game on Tuesday night, and they just acted like he was there was some sort of setback. They didn't say setback. I don't want to put words in, in Goose Given's mouth or Tom Leach's mouth, but they they were talking about how much pain he appeared to be in after he had gone through warm-ups, and they noticed him just kind of grimacing on the bench when he'd like stand up and sit back down. And It sounds like poor dude, his back is really kind of going through it at the moment. So I hope for a speedy recovery. Obviously, the big picture is you need him in March, yeah. but – you could also really, really use them in a game like Saturday, a physical game, a game where UK is going to have to have the same emphasis on the glass like they did against Florida, and just be ready for, unfortunately, probably a lot of foul shots between the two teams. Here's the thing with this game, and you can you could have said the exact same thing for all of Kentucky's game to this point. I think you can say it for the rest of Kentucky's games remaining. Texas A&M doesn't have nearly the talent that Kentucky has. And if that talent can just play like we know they can play, they, they don't even have to play their best games. But if, if that talent goes in there and plays up to par, then I don't think it, Kentucky has any issues tomorrow. I really don't. And, and there's part – I'm pretty torn between this game, if you can't tell. And there's part of me that, that, that thinks that exact same thought, Scoots, that Kentucky didn't play a great game against Missouri. Antonio Reeves was, what, like 0 of 6 from 3. He had missed six threes or whatever it was. Reed Shepard only scores three points, and you still put up 90 freaking points in that game. You still, with those two things, the best two pure scores probably in the SEC, if we really just want to be honest. By the way, I saw some uh, draft updates today, and they've got Reed and Rob Dillingham in the lottery. Crazy part about that is they're both coming off the bench. That is wild. It is wild. Yeah, I saw those updates too. I. I don't know how you could have Wagner so late. Wagner's been good. Yeah. And this is going to be – you can make a case about this maybe for, like, every game. This is going to be a big Wagner game. Needs to be. It's just – it's going to – like, he's going to get a ton of chances at those scoop layups. He's going to get a ton of chances to get into the interior of that A&M defense. A&M's going to throw some junk defenses at UK. They'll do some 1-3-1. This will be a chance for Wagner to really kind of shine, getting in and out of that defense, having people collapse – and Scoots, if UK is hitting threes, if UK hits 10 plus threes, I would be shocked if they lost this game. Yeah. And that sounds like a big number, but they should probably shoot 25 threes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah, I mean, more than that. So let's say they shoot 30. Can you go 33% from deep? They I mean, didn't hit a lot against Florida, but. They, or, or Missouri, right? Uh, what they have? Nine? I think they had, or eight. Was Did it finish? I, I thought mean, it was. I Trey it was hit like a couple. Eight. It was seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you know that's that's probably like below average for what this team should hit from behind the arc. By the way, DJ Wagner on the season shooting thirty two point six percent from three, not a great number, but not horrible for definitely a player, good enough. Yeah, for a player that people thought couldn't shoot the three, I, th- I think he's been really good from beyond the arc. Yeah, no, there, there's uh, there's no doubt about that. He has been good enough to keep the defense honest back there. Yep. I think Severe Wheeler last night for Washington and a Washington win hit four threes, by the way. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Did he even fit, hit four in his UK career? Uh, 
I don't know. And then yeah, Wade Taylor, he's a familiar name for UK. They've gone against him before. He's had uh, he's had mixed results against the Cats. So, uh, and Kentucky's gone against Coleman. I'd take the over on Coleman's totals, by the way, for what it's worth. But this should be, a, and also maybe for DJ Wagner as well. Uh, it's going to be a fun one, though. And if a dude the arrow plays, I'll feel a lot a lot better about it. But UK will get plenty of open shots if they hit them. That could make things a lot easier for themselves. Mm-hmm. If they have an off-shooting night like they did at Florida, especially in that first half, you're going to be in for a tight one. All right, Scoots, what else do we have for the rest of uh, – what, what else? What, what does Scoots have? What's the Scoots minute say? Uh, I say we pick some NFL games. Even though I already picked mine earlier this week, but I'm feeling I'm feeling different about some of them. No, so. we picked them this morning. We which one? Do you, which one do you want to switch? Yeah, we went through every game this morning. No, no, I don't want to switch any of mine. Then <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm going to roll with what I said this morning. Lit tonight, Saint X Trinity at Valley. Yeah, that'll be good. Although I just can't imagine that crowd being good. People going out there and traveling in this horrible weather, and that's probably maybe the right thing to do. Be safe if you are going out there. And then who's the other semi in the Lit Manual? Manuel's playing somebody. Yeah, I can't remember who they are playing. But it is a doubleheader, so if you want to get out there, get out there early. Yeah, it starts yeah. It starts at 6. St. X Trinity is the second game. Probably won't start closer until probably about 8 o'clock, all things considered. Valley's but, such a cool gym. Every time I've been, I've only gotten to go there three, maybe four times, but every time I'm there, it's it's awesome. I think St. X may genuinely be the best team in the city, and a good way to prove that would be by winning the LIT I think the, the Tigers have a chance to come out of the seventh region this year. And that's if, kind of exciting. Wonder if John's regretting taking the Bellarmine job when he could have been calling all the games for this fun at St. X team. I, 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 I think, <laughs> Probably not. I think but. he's happy, and he still gets to do some Tigers games. So, in the SEC in basketball, a big one: Tennessee and Georgia. Tennessee probably best to not go one and two in conference, but Georgia they can beat Tennessee. By in the that way, game. there are eight top 25 teams on the road tomorrow so just just keep an eye out on those do you think it's going to be upset city i mean that's what we got earlier this week right all right one other thing i had written down that i didn't get to what do you think about uh manual versus butler thanks buzz appreciate that what do you think about oh now i lost my my train of thought mark stoops not ranking uofl in the final coaches poll i mean it is what it is that's i said it on rutherford last night seems a little petty i don't i don't know how you leave louisville out your top 25 but who did U of L beat this year? That was good. I mean Notre Dame. Who else? Yeah, I mean I'm not. I'm not trying. I'll, to st- I'll give you all weekend to think about. I'm it. not trying to stick up for Louisville. I just for me, it just seems petty. They lost to Pittsburgh. They're not a top twenty-five team, Scoots. They're not one of the best top twenty-five teams, so they shouldn't be ranked. <laughs> and secondly, why would the bigger issue should be somebody ranking U of L ahead of UK? UK beat more good teams this year than U of L did. Yeah. And it's- probably pretty close to even either one beat a ton of them yeah but i mean the the game between louisville and kentucky was close so i, I would have thought yeah, but that who won it? it kentucky but i would have thought that louisville gained enough respect for stoops for him to throw him in the top 25 <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't bother me either way i don't really care i couldn't believe some folks were getting worked up about that but it wasn't really all that big of a reaction all right everybody have a great weekend be safe go cats let's see if the cards can make it too straight and uh, of course go pack go This is Spears on Sports. He'll be back in the big chair on Monday.